Okay guys, before Harry gets here with some inane questions to kick off the podcast, I just want to talk to you very quickly about our new sponsor, Studio. Studio is a high quality Swedish headphone brand offering a range of stylish wireless headphones and accessories suitable for all your listening needs. Now personally, I like a nice chunky over-ear headphone when I'm listening to music, so I'm currently using their Regent Design in Black. The sound quality is fantastic and they're super easy to use and carry. Best of all, if you're a podcaster like us or a musician and sometimes you need to guarantee that zero latency sound while recording, these headphones do come with detachable wires that you can use to connect them directly to your phone, tablet or computer anytime. If you prefer something a little lighter, they also offer classic in-ear and sports headphones in a range of colours and designs. Just go to studio.com to explore the entire catalogue and if you enter the offer code BOXSET at the checkout, you can earn 15% off your first purchase. That's on us. That's studio.com, offer code BOXSET, B-O-X-S-E-T, no spaces. Okay, on with the show. So, John, in this movie, Winona had some teenage obsessions of different sorts, with nuns particularly. What were your teenage obsessions? Well, once I'd moved out of my Spice Girls phase, <laughs> which, which in some ways I'm still in, I did develop a weird fixation with the movie Evita, and then with all things related to Ava Peron. I, don't, I think I saw the film when I was about maybe 12 or 13, and then I think I watched it every day for about a year. The same film? The same film, yeah. I was obsessed oh. with it. And I I went to the library and got a bunch of books out about Ava Peron. I read like all these biographies of Ava Peron. I have no idea why. And when I look back at it now, it's not a very good film. <laughs> Madonna was poorly <laughs> cast, yeah. Have you ever seen it? Um, no. It's another uh, podcast. I'm yeah. sure you've never seen it. I've but. never even heard of it. No, Evita? You've never heard of Evita? No. It's a musical with Madonna. She plays the first lady of Argentina. No. I, I know Madonna and oh, Argentina. Do you know the song but, Don't um, Cry For Me, Argentina? No. Don't cry for me, Argentina. <laughs> the truth is I never left look, you. Look, look, look. Or through my wild days, my mad existence. Okay, don't expect me to know this, but I just be thankful I know who Madonna is. Okay, <laughs> well, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, a podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, joining me as always is John. Hello. And a returning guest from our episode, The Mermaid. Yeah. (laughs) Lucy. Hi. And you've now decided to give us mermaids. Yeah. Spotting a theme here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, why did you pick the film? I suppose it was a bit of an obsession at the time because it was in 1990 it came out when I was like 13. So this was your teenage obsession? Well, one of many, Mm. I think. Um, Hollywood movies at the time, I don't know, there was the kind of like the Brat Pack kind of thing going on. So there Mm -hmm. was like Winona Ryder was, you know, a big deal and she'd just Mm -hmm. done Heathers and it was all exciting. And Cher, obviously, awesome. Mm -hmm. I suppose... I look at it with kind of a nostalgic pair of eyes and it you know, I can see that it may not stand the test of time, but we'll you know We'll get to that, we'll get yeah, to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I, I look at it and I think, Oh, that's really romantic and well, mm. I did and then I rewatched it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well I I saw it I think a few years ago, maybe, or one or two years ago. Did I know you then? I don't know, because watching one or two years ago. Yeah, I think so. Just because watching this film back it just really makes me think of you. <laughs> wow, well, uh, well, please elaborate. Well, I mean, mainly because it's it's called Mermaids. Okay. Like yeah. But also just Christina Ricci's character. Did that inspire you in any way? Because, well, you're a synchronised swimmer. Um, 
I, not, I did. Not that that was, yeah, yeah, that was another element that I did like to it, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, the, the swimming thing. But it was kind of, I think it was more about getting caught up in the, like, the love affair kind of mm. thing. Weirdly enough, I'd never seen this film. This is a weird yeah, gap you, in my... you, you hadn't seen a film with Cher and Winona Ryder. I'm I shocked and appalled. Yeah. I don't know how I missed it. I mean, obviously I know that I remember the song, uh, the Shoop Shoop song, which was number one for five weeks in the yeah, UK. Yeah, the actual original was much better and I did know the, the original before. You take that back. I, I can't. <laughs> I cannot take that back. The original's actually in the movie at the beginning. It is, it is. You're right, yes. And I was very pleased when Cher jumped in at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, they're both really good. It's a great song. I'm not saying they're the original. Is it Bessie Everest? Or? Yeah. Yeah. No, they're both very good versions of the song. But I obviously have a lot of attachments to the share version. <laughs> but yeah, I just never got around to watching this. And I was kind of surprised by it. It wasn't quite what I expected it to be. It was a lot more dramatic in some ways. It was a lot more kind of... It tackled some kind of more difficult concepts than I expected it to. I was expecting a real, like, just fluffy family comedy. Mm-hmm. And it, in some ways, it is very gentle. It doesn't really exist in the real world in some ways. But in other senses, it does. It, it touches on some kind of quite dark and interesting topics. I was pleasantly surprised by the fact that it kind of went there. I was immediately thrilled when it opened and I realised it was going to be a movie with crazy, intense Winona Ryder voiceover work. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a good intense Winona voiceover. Like, Please, God, don't let me fall in love and want to do disgusting things. Dear God, I love the way he throws. She was so good in this. Do you think that she was the standout character? Because they were, they were all battling quite strongly for her. Yeah. That's three very, very good women actresses. Yeah. And uh, Bob Hoskins, who yeah. was also a yeah, standout yeah, in this. Yeah, he's very particularly good at leering in the mm. film, I thought. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think Christina Ricci is adorable in this film, but she is only in a handful of scenes, and she's only like five or something. It's well, not one of her first roles. I think she might, debut I th- film, I think she I might be my favourite character in this film. Okay, I can because, see why. Because the times when she's on screen... She is just fantastic because mm. she comes in and she's just doing something completely unrelated to everybody else. Mm. When everybody else in the film, their main storyline is with another character. Mm. You know, when on a ride of falling in love with that guy or Shep and Bob Hoskins getting together or not or whatever. And Christina Ricci is just doing her own thing completely. Yeah. She has yeah. no care for the outside world. I'm just poly- I'm just cleaning my rocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She is absolutely adorable. Um, I, I think you're right. One of my absolutely favourite scenes in the movie has no bearing on anything. It's just there's a random kitchen scene where it, the scene is over. I think Winona Ryder and Cher are having a conversation. Winona Ryder leaves the scene and then Cher's just like doing the dishes. And then Christina Ricci just runs in with a pumpkin on her head. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. It's so cute. It's just adorable. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's really cute without making you feel a bit sick, you know, yeah, like she... cat, kids can in mm-hmm. movies. So uh, that's what I like about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could really tell that this film was based on a book. I kind of guessed. I didn't know, but I guessed from watching it. And then I looked it up and I was yeah. surprised to find this is based on a book because it has that bookish quality. It's kind of a real coming of age story. Yeah. There's not, you couldn't really pin down. I was going to ask, could you really pin down what the plot is? There are things that happen, but it's very much like a series of events. It's not like one thing leading to another, leading to another as such. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I think for a lot of it for me was I was really, really into 60s um, music at the mm. time and it had the soundtracks just awesome. Mm-hmm. And Cher's outfits are like oh, just the we'll, best. We'll talk about Cher's outfits in this film, yeah. I mean, she's giving you full Cher. Oh. Like this, you're getting the full Cher experience in this film. Like the wigs, the dresses, the attitude. Like it, it struck me that like Cher in films... Kind of, she's such a good actress, but she does definitely have a type of character that she plays that she does very well. This kind of strong, sarcastic kind of independent woman 
who always is just styled to, you know, yeah. absolute perfection. And she was totally given that here. 26 and cute as a button. Too bad you said I'm being a nun. You know, Charlotte, I think you might be old enough for a boyfriend now. If I'm old enough, maybe you're too old. Don't be ridiculous. A real woman is never too old. So it's set in 1963, and as I mentioned, it opens with a crazy, intense Winona Ryder voiceover. Like, in Heather's It's Her Diary, and this one it's God. She's praying a lot in this film, so it's lots of, dear God. Yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, and yeah, and so she explains about how her family setup is, and her mother is obviously played by Cher, called Mrs. Flax. I love that. Yeah, her first name never really comes up in the film. Rachel. It, it is Rachel, but I don't think it's like no, spoken she's very usually, much. Yeah, she's kind of referred to as Mrs. Flax. Even when known as like Mrs. Flax does this, Mrs. Flax does that. And yeah, and so her whole thing is that she's a single mother with these two young daughters. And she's moved, according to Winona Ryder, 18 times in, her, in Winona's lifetime. And Winona in this film is playing a 15-year-old. So that's a lot of moving. Like, how does mm. she... I mean, what, that was one of my first questions. How is she affording to move 18 times because that's an expensive process yeah yeah I mean you never really saw the ins and outs that of no that this is one of the things thing. the film draws it a veil was, over a little yeah. bit yeah. <laughs> and also it does draw a veil over things like that quite yeah. a lot the, you know the actual mechanics of mm. things but also how fine, she, yeah, also good. how she affords that fabulous lake house on like a part time secretary's salary <laughs> <laughs> yeah I have no idea yeah the thing is I think the point is with Cher is she, whenever she breaks up with a guy yeah, her reaction is to thing, move away yeah or something goes wrong she moves yes she goes you know yeah. new start yeah so they move from Oklahoma to Massachusetts I believe uh, and Winona doesn't want to go she's very angry because because of all the moving she never gets to make new friends well she never gets to, to keep any friends she you know she, she doesn't she never doesn't really have any roots because she's constantly moving around she doesn't know she doesn't really know her dad she has a very dim memory of him which we see in like a black and white flashback which is pretty funny mm. um <laughs> But yeah, so then they move to this new fabulous lake house in Massachusetts. Finances unclear. Yeah, and then we just follow Winona. Well, Cher gets a job as a secretary, it seems, or a typist in a law firm, maybe? Yes, yeah. I mean, you see her in her job she once. Le- she works for a yeah. lawyer, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's one scene and then she just goes out for lunch and spends all her money on shoes. Like, her, where she's getting her money from baffles me, but... Because she's constantly spending, it's spending, Cher, spending. It's Cher, yeah. It's, like Cher. it's like Jennifer Lopez last week. Cher's never going to be like the, a, da- a realistic, you know, working class mum. Maybe she's got some money out of a couple of divorces. Yeah, I was thinking maybe she's like a black widow. Mm. She's killed a few, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so they're settling down into this town and Winoda develops a crush on the local bus driver. Mm-hmm. Well, no, he's the caretaker at the, um, I want to call it a nunnery, but that wasn't the The convent? One. Convent. Get me to a nunnery, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's a caretaker at the convent and also drives the school bus there, doesn't he? Yes, he yeah. does. And he's called Joe Peretti. Yeah. But I misheard this when I was watching the film and genuinely thought he was called Joe Pretty. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what a great name. Like, that is kind also, of Also, surely not real. Yeah. Very on the nose, but sure. Joe Lovin- <laughs> My name's Joe Lovinterest. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, he was super boring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he was, was wasn't he? He was, he was the down point of the film. Yeah. He, just, he, he didn't say an interesting thing. It was. I wasn't sold on, on the romance between them. Mm-hmm. I, I get it that he didn't necessarily feel anything. It was all one way from Winona, but I never mm-hmm. saw what she saw in him. Maybe. Other than just being a man. Maybe you know? maybe that is the point of it, though. You know, young crushes, they haven't really got any substance. So maybe he represents a non-substantial, you know, throwaway love interest yeah. kind of thing. You got any uh, young crushes with no substance you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> 
Nothing embarrassing. No, Go. At the, at the time, no. I fancied Christian Slater. Sure. But he was probably older than me at that point. Whereas now you've caught up. <laughs> Whoa. No, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that on your... I was like, because that's not how ageing works. If it was older than you're still older than you now. <laughs> and then um, um, Balthazar Getty, who, who oh, yeah. made, a, made a comeback, but he actually did... Um, there was an American version of Lord of the Flies, which oh, yes. he was in. Yeah. My God, he looked gorgeous. But mm. He was about 15 at the time, and I was... Uh, though I was about... 13. So yeah, it was, it was all fine. It was all very much, yeah. <laughs> it was all good. <laughs> yeah, um, I was totally obsessed with Balthazar Getty. Okay, yeah, I can mm. see that. Mm. Okay. Anyway, back to Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> Winona Ryder's character is kind of a hornbag in this film. Yeah. She's very, like, super horny all the time. But then I like that. I like that it was like, it was very much, it really captured that kind of teenage hormonal thing when you do fancy everything. And I, I completely agree. I think the character of Joe Prissy, which I'm just going to call him now, <laughs> is really flat and boring, but I think it does work because she's projecting it all. She's projecting yeah, all that, these moments onto this kind yeah. of blank canvas, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's why she says, after they've actually had sex, she yeah. looks at him and she says, you look different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's... Because she's seen him as a real person now, and it's mm-hmm. it's not the same. But and that's the thing why is, she didn't care after. But the thing <laughs> is, in that scene, I was confused because he was so boring as a character that when she said, "You look different," I looked at him on the screen. I was like, "Have they actually changed the actor?" Because <laughs> 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 I knew it wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> they hadn't, obviously. But yeah, so she's really, really horny and like dealing with these, like you know, this flood of teenage emotions, and she's also very fixated on nuns and religion, and she's obsessed, yeah. very obsessed with that. Which again, classic Catholic kind of. It is the Catholic uh, girl. We've all been yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. I did. I really related to her in this film. Like that, not now, but as I, I had memories of being a teenager and having like those. Do you want to be a nun? I did. I thought that I thought it looked great in a wimple. Didn't <laughs> no, not so much nuns. I was never really into that whole. I was never into religion that seriously. But you know, but I could understand like the the Avita thing. Like, I I understood like this thing about being very fixated on one thing and being obsessed with it mm-hmm. and there's a really nice beat at the end of the film where she says I'm really into Greek literature now like yeah, it's just yeah. because you, you move on when you're young often you get obsessed with something and you just like devour it and then you move on straight to the next thing you just it's like it's like crash and burn it's like mm-hmm. like aha uh-huh. yeah mm-hmm. it's very much of its time in terms of like the set, it's set in the 60s because also Winona Ryder is very naive about sex in this film very like if it was set today it would be unbelievable because no teenage yeah. girl today would, be, would get to 15 you would think unless they were living in kind of a cult but she just doesn't understand sex at all no well no she she does I don't think she does I don't think that she she knows it exists no she does she totally does because she's talking about ripping what him to rip her her blouse open at, mm. at one point but then she's so obsessed by religion that when he kisses her that she thinks that she's got impregnated like mm. and it's a virgin birth and it's Christ mm. punishing her mm. for so she knows that it's stupid because the scene in the doctors where she's it's like Joan Ark and she comes <laughs> in <laughs> and uh, you do know about sex and she goes uh, there's the really good internal monologue of oh my god I want to die yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> Again, as soon as a grown-up would ever ask you about sex when you're 15, you, you would be like, kill me now. You'd just be like, mm, not talking, not talking, going into my shell. Like, mm. You know you're still a virgin. Yeah. She's just like, the expression on her face at that point is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joan, has your mother ever talked to you about sex? Please, God, I want to die. Yeah, all the time. So you know how babies are conceived. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
We talk about everything. She's a wonderful mother. Then why did you think you were pregnant? You're still a virgin. I want to die now, right now. Speaking of things being of their time, that scene was quite upsetting because she gets such a <laughs> violent gynecological appointment. Yeah. He just walks in and just like shoves it into her. And it's like, I th- yeah, I think that's very of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I hope so. I mean, I've never obviously had that exam, but I hope yeah. nowadays doctors are more sensitive and give them a bit of warning at least. Or warn their hands at consent. least. Ask consent, yes. Know? You know, don't just <laughs> shove it in, yeah. And uh, there were a lot of kind of t- shifts in tone in this film I found throughout. Like it was... There were parts that were very kind of light and fluffy and airy, and the other parts where it got very real. Mm. Like, JFK gets killed, and that's something that you film is very somber. Quick point before I forget. Did you notice that later on, I think maybe that same day, I'm not too sure, There was a, they, they went to a party? Mm-hmm. It was a costume party, and there was a guy there dressed as Abraham Lincoln. Is that in poor taste? After, straight after another president's been assassinated, killed. yeah. I'm not sure. It depends how you look at the timelines. It, I mean, it's not in poor taste of the film when it's talking that person no, yeah. going to that party. Yeah, I don't know because I couldn't really. I didn't really think about how long this film set over. It's set over a matter of days, weeks, months, years. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't. It was, I think it was a slightly longer process than that because JFK mm. wasn't killed in the winter and it was a New Year's Eve party, which was the costume. Party. True. Yeah. So maybe a little bit later. Yeah. I could swear it's after the Halloween scenes, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll get to that party, though. Yeah, sure, th- sure. That's definitely worth talking about for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we know Rada's kind of arc is that she doesn't understand sex, and to some degree, anyway, she's, she's very hormonal. I think she romanticises it so much, much that so. it becomes completely unreal. So yeah. Yeah, she imagines that she possibly could be carrying the next Christ child. Yeah, the next <laughs> Jewish-American messiah is what she said. Yeah. Loved. Great laugh. Jewish-Italian <laughs> Jewish messiah. Jewish-Italian messiah. <laughs> Hello? Is there anybody there? Just give me a second. I'm trying, Mom. What? I want to tell you. What? I may be pregnant with the next Jewish-Italian messiah. What? I was just thinking about how, like, yeah, she romanticizes sex so much, and then eventually the film builds to them having sex at the top of this steeple or something. Yeah, Um, it's pretty wham-bam. Thank you, Mom. Yeah, and (laughs) it's interesting that they didn't show any of it, um, but I understand why. It's because it would be freezing. Yeah. Like, they, they... Made it very clear beforehand that it was very, very cold outside. Yeah. And it's midwinter and everyone needs blankets to go around. And then and I think, having sex outside on a day like that. I think people did in them days, didn't they? You just yeah. hitch your skirt up or, you know, pull mm. your knickers aside. I wasn't alive then, just saying. Just saying. <laughs> 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 Let's move on, Lucy. <laughs> the thing about the film is that there's absolutely no nudity or anything particularly lewd in in how it is but it's all done that's why I quite like it it all comes across but without any of the obviousness of a film today again I think that's something the film does quite elegantly with the the, the sex thing is that Winona Ryder's character is so obsessed with the entire film with her hormones and how much she really wants to be with this Joe Pretty guy and then when they do have sex again it doesn't matter it never even brought up again once it's happened yeah because and i think that's very true to life it's like when you're te- especially when you're a teenager and you're, you're very focused on like when you're going to lose your virginity and you know all that kind of stuff and then once it's happened it's it's first of all it's never as good as you think it's going to be the first time the first time's always crap everyone knows that but also like it's it's like oh okay well that i don't know why i was so bothered about that you know what i mean like it was it's not so mm. i think it was very true and also because is other that things, it is that it yeah but and also because <laughs> other things happen at that point in the film obviously with christina Ricci's character it becomes so unimportant it doesn't matter and it's very much it's not really what her story was about even though it's much more about her own processing of it mm. but yeah before that though when she does have the kiss and the she believes that she's become immaculately pregnant with the next messiah or something and 
Yeah, it gets kind of, again. The film goes from being kind of a light comedy to being a little bit real because she runs away from home and kind of knocks on the door of this random family and just starts lying and lying and lying. And then you realise that like she's it's not just that she's naive; she seems to like genuinely have mental health problems. Yeah, like I really picked up on that this watching it this time. Like I was like, oh, this is like she's having a manic episode. She's not just being quirky and as I say naive. She she genuinely needs help and. I don't know, the film kind of picks it up and drops it a little bit. Yeah, like, I think that there was a scene earlier where um, Cher was saying to um, Bob Hoskins' character, Lou, I got a report back from Charlotte's teacher saying that she thought she had mental health problems. Mm. So we moved. Yeah. So it's kind of this running away, perpetual running away of, you know, mm. this, and she was like, you know, this one, this moves on you yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah, I think, yeah, there's a, thing, a lot of things. Maybe that's the kind of thing that is pushed under the table in the 60s, though. Oh, it would be, absolutely, I get it. But it's interesting that the film never really deals with that. It's like once she's kind of made peace with Cher and they don't move away, it's like, oh, I guess she's fine now. But yeah. is she, like, <laughs> it seems like she might genuinely need help and this might come up again. But it's not that kind of film. It is a very gentle film. Right? She, yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, if, yeah, if you analysed it from a psychological point of view, she's probably an obsessive-compulsive. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> but also I thought she might be, like, bipolar or have some Yeah. Like it. it made me think of uh, another one who would write a film, Girl Interrupted. Oh, yeah, uh, slightly later on. Yeah, so I thought, this could be the same character. It's not, obviously, but, you know, mm-hmm. not dissimilar. Has she ever done anything this strange before? Well, she did get sent home from school one time before. For licking chalk off a blackboard. God, her tongue was yellow for a week. What'd she do that for? I don't know. She read in some book that some saint had a vision after licking a wall. Mm -hmm. Of course, the teacher sent home a note that said she thought that Charlotte had psychological problems. What did you do? We moved. So that's her whole arc. Meanwhile, Cher... Who has kind of the parallel plot strand, who's playing her mother. Obviously, she moves to this new town, and then she has a love interest in Bob Hoskins. Who I love. He was incredible in this. He's so good. Like, the, the, the first time that he comes on, that, uh, that he has his scene in the shoe shop or something, mm. I just thought, oh, God, he's so dashing. And then I just thought, oh, my God, like, that's, that's <laughs> Ooh, the gayest God, thing I've ever thought. A bit of a crush on Bob Hoskins, yeah. But just he was. He was just, he I get was, it, I get it. He, he's not a traditional leading man. No, he's not. And I think yeah, he, he just did it so well. He mm. was he was just lovely in every scene that he was in. Well, all but one. All but one. I guess. I, <laughs> I guess, guess so, yeah. it was. Yeah, he, he was just so good. He just felt so honest and mm. lovely. Yeah, he's a grounding force in the film. Mm. And yeah, I think he's. I really find Bob Hoskins really interesting as an actor because he was in a lot of like films that you nowadays I don't think people like him would being like people who look like him everyone now in Hollywood has to look so perfect all the time and have perfect bodies and you know and you've got this kind of short balding kind of chubby you know hairy British guy mm-hmm. and very yet he's hairy. very hairy yeah it's, it's hairy back that, that that's yeah. and I was like you know I can, I can get on board with the rest you know but you know, I was like get, get a bit of wax on that mate those shoulders need a bit of tidying up but yeah like and it shouldn't work you shouldn't because you've got Cher looking so Cher she's like a clear foot taller than him she's so stylish and beautiful and you know perfect and you've got this as I say you've got this short chubby English guy and it should be it, it should look ridiculous, but they have the best chemistry. Mm. I think he's her best love interest in all the films I've seen sharing. Like, yeah. I mean, Nicolas Cage and her have a different kind of chemistry that really works in Moonstruck, but that's more heightened and silly. Whereas I could really believe... Because what I think Cher does very well as an actress, and the reason she's so appealing to watch on screen, is that she projects intelligence. You can tell she's a smart person. 
And that comes across in the character she plays. She doesn't play like airheads or ditzes. And I feel like Bob Hoskins, you could sense that they're a match for each other. And you could sense that they're having real conversations about real things and they would actually they would turn each other on and they would really enjoy each other's company. And so, yeah, I, I thought Bob Hoskins was great. I just love the way when he first meets her mm. and he's just like this massive smile on his face that yeah. he just cannot hide. Mm. He's just like, yeah, I'd, I'd really like to see more of you. Yeah, <laughs> like... yeah. yeah, he has an instant crush. She takes a little longer, but it's, yeah, it's nice. They have a quite a sweet romance where, you know, they're tentatively falling in love. And oh, and he's a painter as well, and he does he paints her in his attic terribly. Yeah, his paintings <laughs> are so bad. I loved it because also it looked like it was the same person in all his paintings, yeah. and then he, he he paints Cher, and she's like, okay, the, these are awful, yeah. and he's like, no, no, no yours is going to be the best. It's not. It's the exact same woman in the same painting. It really reminded me. Did you see that thing a couple of years ago? That the, it's all the time on the internet now. The Spanish woman who repainted smudged, Jesus. Yeah, it looked, yeah, all his paintings look like that Spanish woman repainting Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird that they they were so bad because it it didn't really add much to the film. Like it wasn't a plot point or anything. It was just it was just it was just a little odd. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and he really he's really good for the kids. Like they he, they kind of start hanging out at his house a lot. He paints the little Christina Ricci's bedroom so it looks like under the sea oh, I, I oh, love that so nice. I'm okay yeah. I do love that bit I, yeah. would, I really wish yeah. that someone had made me an under the sea bedroom yeah no it was, it's, he's just in many ways like the perfect father figure that they need except for the scene the really weird scene where they're, they're having a fight because Cher is very like flighty she's like she fears commitment she says stop trying to get through to me by, by my kids if you want to sleep with me just ask me and then he says the line I never wanted to hit a woman more than I want to hit you right now which is like, ooh. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't, but no. even so, it was like, oh, I just, and now I like you about 10% less. Wait. I never, I never said you could do this. Do what? Let Kate get so attached. That's so terrible. Yeah, this is not your family. You know, if you want to get closer to me, dial direct, but don't do it through my kids. Never in my life have I wanted to hit a woman the way I want to hit you right now. When you are wrong, you are so wrong, it's scary. But you mentioned... I mean, um, at, at least it was at a point when Cher was being particularly awful. Yeah. To oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. She but, was being horrible. Are you saying she was asking for it, Harry? <gasps> uh, <laughs> 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 There's no right answer there, is yes, there? Yes, there is. The right answer is no. I feel no. that she wasn't. Sure, it feels like you're asking me a trick question. It's not a trick question. The answer is no. Just because she was in the wrong doesn't mean she was asking to be punched. No. Good, there you go. Great. Well done, Harry. Well done. <laughs> you, you passed basic feminism. Good <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah, there's a great scene, possibly like the climax of the movie, where they go to a New Year's Eve party in costume, and Cher goes as a mermaid. A mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's basically in drag. She shares basically her own drag queen in this scene. It's fantastic. Oh, that costume's amazing. It is fabulous. It's fabulous. Like, I mean, this is a very wig watch friendly movie. I mean, throughout the film, even before this scene, oh, every God. scene she's in, like, a huge beehive wig. Like, oh, they're so good. They are amazing. But yeah, so she goes to this party in this fabulous mermaid outfit. And I also noticed that Bob Hoskins, distracting, was dressed as his character from Hook. Yeah. yeah he was dressed yeah. as Smee. Yeah. thought, wasn't it? Yeah, I was like, oh, wow, foreshadowing. Was, I think this came before. But mm-hmm. yeah, so they go to this party and Cher, Cher and Bob Hoskins kind of uh, temporarily break up. They have a little argument. 
And then Cher gets really pissed and attempts to dr- drive home when she's clearly hammered, but then thank God doesn't. And That's all right because uh, Joe Prissy's there. Joe Joe Cardboard Pretty is yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there to rescue. Mm. So then he drives her home and then Cher kisses him. And Winona Ryder sees him, which is such a dick move on Cher's part. Because before this, I actually thought Cher came across as kind of a good mum. Mm-hmm. Like, she's very chill, and she's obviously a bit flighty, but she's very, like, you know, matter of fact. They seem to have a decent relationship, really. Like, they seem to have an underlying affection. And it seems like she's basically a good person. But then when she kisses her, someone she knows her daughter really fancies, I was like, oh, Cher, no. Bad call. Yeah, and then so that, that's the reason her and Winona have a huge kind of falling out. So then they stop talking for a little while. Oh, and then so then Winona ends up watching over Christina Ricci. Yeah, she's babysitting. She's babysitting Christina Ricci, and um, she she goes and raids her mum's wardrobe and puts on this amazing blue polka dot dress, which mm. I would kill for. Oh yeah, and um, you and me both. <laughs> This is a scene where they get the big thing of wine out mm. that's like in a... It's called jug wine, apparently. It's one of my favourite Christina Ricci scenes. Yes, yeah. loved it. Hit me, Sergeant! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's a great, great scene in this where Winona Ryder's made in the, her mum's closet and finds, like, this bottle of... Is it is it whiskey or wine? It's jug wine. Jug wine, jug wine. Because it's like wine, but with a handle. Yeah, that's why I was confused. I was like, Yeah, no, it's, it's like red wine, but... Yeah, it's called Jaguar. Yeah, and then Christina Ricci's like, who, as we shouldn't forget, is five. Or she yeah. says, "Oh, can I have some, please?" And Winona's like, "Just a sip, just a sip." And then so she gives her like a, a small glass of it, and then she turns it back for a second, and Christina Ricci downs the entire glass, pours another <laughs> glass, downs that. <laughs> it's so fun. It was yeah. great. I mean, physical comedy doesn't, com- doesn't end well, but no, uh, it doesn't because yeah. it leads turns what happens. But yeah. yeah, very good physical comedy from yeah. Christina Ricci in that scene. She's so funny. Mm. Um, yeah, and then they go out for a night walk mm-hmm. to because Christina Ricci wants to get some stones well um, no it, what it is is that, um, she can hear the bells mm-hmm. um, so Charlotte knows that the uh, Charlotte's Joe, been on a ride, yeah. Joe Wooden Pretty is the, is the bell ringer so she knows that he's in the bell tower oh I didn't pick up on that yeah. when she no, goes I up missed and, that so when she goes up and he's just randomly there in his sexy chunky knit sweater I was like well, how did you no, know because oh, he's okay. the bell ringer isn't he oh okay now oh, that makes a lot more sense that ties up a big plot <laughs> thank you, yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> if you if you see earlier in the film when mm. Kennedy was assassinated he was mm. there ringing the bell and mm-hmm, crying true, wasn't yeah, he yeah, yeah. and so that's where they had their first snog mm-hmm. wasn't it so, so then it was just returning to that thing so she goes here's the bells and they're drawing her mm. but this time she's kind of dressed up like Cheryl sexy yeah so she goes up to like lose her virginity to Joe Pretty and leaves Christina Ricci to drunkenly collect stones in the river, yes. which predictably does not end well. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very Virginia Woolf. It's very the hours. Like she's putting all the stones in her pockets, and you can—it's so foreshadowing. Mm. You're like, I saw it coming. I was like, oh no, don't, no, 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 yeah. no. There's any way this is going. And Christina Ricci, of, of course, slips, falls into the river, nearly drowns. Thank God for those night nuns. Those wandering night nuns. <laughs> <laughs> Are they like night nurse? Yeah. <laughs> night nuns. Just watching that river like a hawk all night, like mm, safe, 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 safe. Yeah, sister, we see something. We're seeing something, sister. I, th- I think there's one of those points that you you kind of go, yeah, that wouldn't have happened, but it's a book, so it's yeah. okay. Mm. Well, actually, apparently in the book, I think the book is a bit darker than the film. I think in the book she mm. actually dies. <gasps> so yeah, the Hollywood ending, they, they couldn't have a little girl no. die, so they made it a little bit lighter. But yeah. Oh God, I'm gonna have to read the book. Mm. No, that sounds horrible. Don't read that. <laughs> it's by Patty Dunn, if, if you're interested. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, so she gets saved by the nuns. Obviously, Winona Ryder is guilt-stricken because she was should have been watching her sister and said she was getting laid. Uh, Christina Ricci goes into intensive care and is presumably on life support for a, at least a while, like at least a day or a night or something. 
And obviously, so her and Cher then have, Winona and Cher have this huge falling out about whose fault it is. It's the best moment in the movie. Are you talking about the Cher slap? <sighs> so good, because the lines leading up to it, it's just so well written and just so... I don't know, I think it's the best comeback that anybody's ever said. What was it again? Um, the, what, 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 the town what, tramp thing. Yeah, when Ona Ryder says, I just want to finish high school, because Cher wants to move on. Mm-hmm. And Cher says, oh, what's, what's your major, town tramp? No, mum, the town already has one. Slap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a classic. It's the second best Cher slap ever after, obviously, snap out of it from Moonstruck. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. This movie's on you, and if Loverboy doesn't like it, that's too goddamn bad. No, this is not about him. This is about me, okay? That's over. He is gone. He is left. Surprise, gone. surprise. No, it's not like that. Look, maybe your life works for you, but it doesn't work for me. And I want to stay. And do what? Finish high school. Great start. What's your major, town tramp? No, Mom, the town already has one. So after Winona and Cher have had their last fight and then they're starting to make up, and then Cher said a line of dialogue that made me scream. Because Winona's playing a 15-year-old in this film. Mm-hmm. And then Cher says, you know, I was your age when I got pregnant with you. Mm-hmm. And my head went all over the place. I was like, I did the calculator. <laughs> I was like... Wait, Cher's 30? Because <laughs> she was not. Like, no. <laughs> I just love that she... You know that Cher was insistent that that line be put in there. Like, I'm only going to play the mother of a teenager if I am playing a 30-year-old. And yeah, God bless you, Cher. Because <laughs> she was like 45 at that point, but still. She's a bloody good 45. She, I mean, she, she looks fabulous, don't get me wrong. We should all hope to look like good at any age, but... She was decidedly not 30, you know what I mean? That's all I was saying, like... <laughs> I just wish I had, like, a hairdresser to follow me around and make oh, my totally, hair yeah. like that all the time. That tall all the time, yeah, yeah. yeah. I also really love how there's some very intense scenes where Cher is, like, sat... Obviously, as any mother would be, she's, like, sat over her daughter's hospital bed. You think she's probably been sat there for, like, all night, 12 hours. You know, she's, she's just a bedside vigil for her daughter. And nevertheless... Her hair is perfect. <laughs> yeah, it is. I knew you were going to pick up on that. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cher ain't looking dowdy. He's still getting full Cher. Hell no. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Christina Ricci survives. They, the three of them make up. You know, Well, Christina Ricci doesn't need to make up with anyone. She just needs to not be dead. Maybe with her sister. Yeah, but, they don't but really dress five-year-olds don't hold grudges. No, no, they, they, do they? Yeah. So yeah, Winoda and Cher kind of make up. They come to understanding. Cher agrees to not move away. She stays. Her and Bob Hoskins get back together. And um, it just ends with a lovely dance-off. Yeah. The three of them all just dancing in the kitchen. happy for the rest of your life. Yes. Great. Don't make a pretty woman your wife. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the best song lyric. Uh, uh, um, so catchy, though. Very catchy. Yeah. Get an ugly girl to marry you is mm. the song. Yeah. Which I always thought, hmm. Mm. Lyrics-wise, could do with some work. Rhythm-wise, brilliant. Yeah. It's like, keep young and beautiful. You know, it's some yeah, very catchy yeah, songs. Yeah, Questionable lyrics. <laughs> And then the film ends, and it just ends on a nice, lovely little. Uh, All three of them yeah. dancing in the kitchen, making marshmallow kebabs. Yeah, and I liked. I really appreciated how, even though Bob Hoskins gets back together with Cher at the end, and they have a happy relationship, etc. And there's a little voiceover about how Joe Pretty moves away, but they stay in touch. But it's not really about the boys. It's a real, like, a film about female relationships. Yes. And it, it's all about the, the the three women are going to be okay with together and they're going to fix this family relationship. And I appreciated that. They didn't need a man to save them. They just, you know, worked out for themselves and it came out as a stronger family unit. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I really it's found this film know. super charming. 
Oh, good. Yeah. Did you? I mean, I would ask you. Did you enjoy this film? I yeah, I really did. Yeah. Some, oh. for, for, for some reason, in my head, I was like, oh, I want to watch this. <laughs> and I watched it and just enjoyed every second of it. Yay! Mm, it's just so good. Good call. Good call, Lucy. Okay, so. Should we move on to some drinking games? Sure. Better add. Do you want to go first, Harry? Sure, yeah. Drink for ridiculous food. Ridiculous food. Go on. Well, it's essentially anything that Cher cooks. Yeah. Mm. They're kind of like skewered. She, she only does hors d'oeuvres, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. They live Finger order. food. Finger food, yeah. That was a nice little detail. I like that. Mm. <laughs> I don't, yeah, the early on when she just serves the two of them like a, a giant tray of like it was, skewers. Yeah, like. it, it, it was weird that they both looked very confused because mm. also, what, have you not been brought up like this? this? standard, yeah. Um, uh, and yes. also, why, why did she not do one for herself? Yeah, true. I don't think Cher eats. Certainly not on camera. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not that food anyway. No. Actually, yeah, that's the thing. If Cher was eating all that kind of food, she would not have that figure. No, exactly. Well, this is the thing. She's like this working single mother of two children, and yeah, she, her body she looks is... fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Not yeah. Lucy, drinking games. If you're going to do drinking games, you should be drinking jug wine. Jug wine, of course, yeah. So, so to take yeah. a good, good gulp, yeah. gulp, gulp um, of jug wine. You could probably do a drinking game on how many times uh, men do double takes on Cher. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the, the cartoon The Fox, isn't it? It's like yeah. you just want the tongues to hit the floor. Like, yeah. <laughs> ah, woo! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, very good, very good. Uh, I did drink for musical cues. So every time there's a scene is punctuated by a fabulous 60s pop song. Mm-hmm. It happens a lot, yeah. Drink for narration? Yeah. Just any time she she's narrating the whole film, you just want them to like waterfall it. It's not the whole film, like bits That's and a lot of it. Yeah. She okay. does a lot, yeah. Drink for a nun. Drink for a nun. Drink for a nun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because they can't, yeah. <laughs> that is true, yeah. Well, I had a similar one to you, Harriet, and mine was just drink every time when Una gets horny. But like but that is through voiceover. So like every time yeah. she's like, Oh god, take me now. Lay lay me down on this bench and rip over my shirt. You know, it's just all very much yeah. My favourite point is that uh, one point she's hugging Joe Pretty yeah. and then she just l- licks his arm or something. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can see that scene. She's like, oh, oh yeah. Against his coat, his, his leather coat. I've studied that scene or anything. Well, it's, not lick. it's not a lick. It's more of a snog, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Getting out of the boat when they go you yeah. know, fishing. Mm. The boat's down there. Please, God, let him throw me on the ground and make another Joey Jr. Uh, drink for singing. Singing, sure. I think I think Cher sings about three times in the first five minutes. Did Cher? Not not like passionately singing, but just like yeah. sing along to the radio or something. Uh, oh sure, there's okay. a lot of singing in this film at different points. Fair enough, yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, 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 it's weird that they don't make a big thing of it. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So you could drink for the Holy Trinity, which is um, either seeing a nun, the mention of a saint, or praying. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think any ecclesiastical references are definitely good for drinking games. Yeah. <laughs> I had drink for fake names. Winona employs a lot of fake names in this oh, film. Oh, yeah. When she's with the family, I think she's Sal, Sal Val. Or yeah. Val Sal. Yeah, I love, yep. lo- yeah, love that one. Yeah. Good. And then it, when she goes to the obstetrician or the gynecologist, Joan she's Joan Ark. Yeah, so she, she just does a lot of fake naming, yeah. What's your name? Sal. How could you lie to them? They're being so nice to you. Sal what, dear? Val. Sal Val. Uh-oh. My parents. They love rhymes. We stay up late every night trying to think of new ones. Me, mom, dad, sis, and my big brother, Al. Okay, so before we get to some sequels, let's take a little moment to talk about Patreon. So if you'd like to support the show, you can send a bit of money our way, up $2 a month, $15,000 a month, or anything in between. Mm-hmm. To go to patreon.com slash set. And for that, we have a few little bonus things that you can have, which are available to all tiers, by the way. It's pay-as-you-feel system, so... 
you get everything no matter how much or little you pay. We do a show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set, where we review films that are, well, normally films that are in the cinema right now, but I know we've got one or two coming up, which are not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're going to start trialling, as well as doing cinema films, our, if our patrons have films that we wouldn't normally cover on the main show, like films that have sequels or franchise films that they really want us to do, maybe once mm-hmm. in a while, let us know and we'll see what we can do for you. Just add a little extra incentive there. Yeah, definitely. So we have one of those coming up soon, mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll reveal all later on. And uh, other than that, every month we'll do a th- free 30-second advert slot to mm-hmm. anybody, um, and that can, sorry, not to anybody, to patrons to advertise anything they want. Now that could be your own podcast, could be your own business, it could be... I'm going to stop you right there, Harry, because oh. this is normally the point where you'll pick out something in my flat and tell me that you want to advertise it. But instead, one of our Patreon subscribers, uh-huh. uh, Cecil Hops, has decided that he doesn't have anything that he wants to flog. Right. So instead, he's going to use his monthly free advert slot mm-hmm. to just name any piece of shit. And he thinks it'd be really funny if you just had to flog it without any prior knowledge. <laughs> so wait, he's, he's naming a, a... He's naming something and you have to talk about it for 30 seconds... <sighs> he thinks this, he really like, he's a big fan of your adver- random advertising oh, and he wants to so this oh, week this is really putting me on the spot well get, it's about to get worse this week the subject is grapes you have 30 seconds to flog grapes go so um, grapes are great why are they great because they're uh, well let's see you've got a few different types of grapes personally I prefer red grapes I find them much, much more thirst quenching mm-hmm. um, but also you can just eat as many as you want mm-hmm. I never I've, have you ever filled up on grapes? No, but they're very good for freezing and putting into your wine. No helping. No, no helping. Him okay, now that is a great... Hey, it's a, it's, a, it's a podcast that we all work on. Look, Cecil is paying to have you talk about grapes for 30 seconds uninterrupted. I think we mean Lucy... Uninterrupted is not happening. Yeah, we've already spoken too much. I did interrupt too, so please continue. Yeah. Um, they go well in punch. They go well in a fruit salad. They I'll see they make wine as well. I was getting there. I don't need you to help me. Yeah, grapes are an amazing fruit because they're so versatile. You can do a lot with grapes. And they're one of my favourites. Okay. Does that... Is that, is that 30 seconds? Uh, more so, I'm, but we're... I'm, I'm panicking. And I, tell me one more good thing about grapes. Um, I can't tell you a good thing, but why... Wait, is grapes the right thing? Where sometimes in supermarkets they get labelled as white grapes and black grapes. Am I thinking of olives? No, it's not olives. What am I thinking of? Have you just spent this entire ad slot talking about olives rather than grapes? No, there's not green um, grapes. Oh, is it green or black grapes? Yeah, yeah, I or think white so. white or red or both? It's or white or red, sure. Yes, yes, white or red. Thank you, yeah. thank you. White no, or, wh- it's white or black, I think. Is it white or black? Okay, so I'm not crazy. No, it's green and black. Well, either Ooh. way, either way, some, some, somewhere there is a description of a grape that is either white or black, and it's completely wrong because you don't get white and black grapes. Sure. It just doesn't happen. You get like a dark purple sometimes, mm-hmm. but they're not black. Yeah, they don't even look black. black grapes. Yeah, I know, but it's wrong. Okay. Well, that you started strong, but then you started actually actively criticising grapes, which is not good salesmanship. So. No, I'm criticising the sales of grapes. Grapes okay. themselves, they're great. Okay. Well, there you go. So I hope you enjoyed that, Cecil, and uh, we'll look forward to your next suggestion. God, uh, I'm panicking a lot. I'm sweating. I'm just, I'm just very <laughs> uncomfortable. It's exactly what we were Not, not good at improv. Well, good. well, this is going to test your reflexes. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to become a popular monthly feature. Oh, Right, okay, so sequel time. Do you want to go first? Oh, wait, we haven't finished on the Patreon thing. Oh, so, sorry. There's the bonus show, there's the free 30-second ad slot, and uh, every month we get a patron to come on the show, or pick a film for, for us to do. Yes, we do. So all that is on patreon.com slash set. Yep, and if there's anything you would like to see added to our Patreon incentives to make you more incentivized to 
send us a little bit of money and be a supporter, then just let us know because we'd love to make it as attractive a proposition as possible. Mm-hmm. So, and thank you to all our Patreon supporters already. We really do appreciate it. It helps us to stay cost neutral and to just keep making a better show. So yeah. yeah. Alright, let's get some sequels. Yes, let's. Okay. Can I go first? Go ahead. I've got two ideas. Okay, good. One's quite small. The first one is well, I think this film kinda of lends itself to being made into a musical. Okay, interesting. Go on. The whole thing feels a little bit like a play. Okay, yeah, I can see that. And plays can often be adapted into musicals quite easily. Okay. That's all I had to say about that, really. Make it a musical. Well, okay, but let's dig into this. So is it going to be... If it's made in the present day, that means you've got... Is it the same cast? Cher, Ricci and uh, Winona? Well, Christina Ricci can't really play a five-year-old anymore. Well, I don't think Winona Ryder can play a 15-year-old anymore, either, to be fair. It's a sequel, so they couldn't be the yeah. same age anyway. I mean, we oh. don't just do sequels here, you oh. know, Lucy. Oh, so you want a remake. remake? You want the same film, the original film, remade as a musical? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, in yeah, that case, it definitely lend itself to that. Yeah, then I think you might want to recast, then. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, so pop, who would you pop re- and share, Yeah, share, share is ageless, so share can remain share. So who would play Winona Ryder in this? Oh, it's the age-old question. It is, yeah. I I've never heard Winona Ryder sing. I'm not sure she's got much of a singing voice. In my head, I reckon she's a really good singer. But, really? Uh, what does she sound like in your head? I don't know. What, do you want me to sing to you? It's not happening. <laughs> You've sung on the podcast before. Yeah, but when, I, when, I, when I've got the right lead-up, I'm still recovering from that improv bit. You know, me oh, okay, do. fine. So, is it going to be new songs, or is it going to be like a, a jukebox musical where they're singing like classic 60s hits from the soundtrack? Oh, no, it's going to be songs of like expressing their emotions. Oh, sure, so it's new, new Like, material. oh, this is the thing that's happening in the film. What, no? Mm. You're not there for that? Well, yeah, musicals are difficult. I mean, the songs in the film are so strong. Mm-hmm. Although it has got a very strong plot line, so it's not just, well, you know, a Mamma Mia where we're trying to just string together a really, really bad storyline to mm-hmm. just to play ABBA songs. Mm-hmm. So you've got an advantage there. Well, it could also so. be that some of the songs are just the, the cast dancing to a soundtrack. Some of it. Please never make a musical, Harry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thanks. Thank, thanks for the confidence boost there, Lucy. Looking forward to having you back on sometime. <laughs> Sorry, there's only so many mermaid films. We'll run out eventually. But I, I think you could do it as a jukebox musical because, especially with Winona Ryder's character, a lot of the emotions she expresses are kind of, would easily be expressed by like a 60s pop song. Like, oh, yeah. You know, like, you know, like some Phil Spector kind of stuff. When she first sees the boy, Joe Prissy, it could just be like, you know, he's sure the boy I love, or, you know, something like, or, you know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's those. There's yeah, countless any, any, unrequited oh, yeah. love Ooh, songs. What's that really, really creepy Phil Spector song? Well, to know him is to love him. Yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. really, really stalkery one. To know, know, know him is to love, love, love him. Why can't he see me? How blind could he Oh my God, that's perfect. Actually, yeah. I, I take it back. We should plot the plot through... Through music. Through yeah. songs. Mm-hmm. I'd yep, quite I think like we got that. it. Yeah. Cool, okay. okay. You've redeemed so, yourself. Yeah. I mean, literally all I've written down here is make it a musical. I, I had nothing else planned. <laughs> well, we dragged you through. So nice. what's your next one? Um, so my, my next one, I've, I've flashed out a bit more, okay. but uh, I may need some help towards the end. Sure. So it's called Mermaids 2, Finding a Merman. Finding a Merman. Yeah. Ooh, or, maybe, so or, maybe, or, maybe, or maybe Finding the Merman. Finding the Merman, okay. Uh, I don't know, I was just trying to do a mermaid sort of thing. Sure. In the is this all going to be about how a man's going to solve all their problems? I hope not. Or oh, is, isn't it? You bloody yeah. sexist. First women deserve to be hit, and now this. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Go on. <clears throat> so it's going to be set about 20 years later. Sure. Which is about how long ago the film was. So this one's going to be in the 80s. Yes. A bit more of an 80s soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Do you like the 80s? I do, but you're kind of treading on my toes, but you know. Go on. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an obvious progression. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure we've all done the 80s. So it's going to open at uh, the wake for Bob Hoskins' character. Oh, no. 
Well, I don't want to recast him. True, he is dead, so you have to, yeah. Yeah, and it, it kind of fits with the story I'm telling here. So, they're all there, Cher, Winona, and Christina, who I don't know the characters' names. Uh, Charlotte and Kate? Well, and Rachel, Rachel. Rachel or Mrs. Flax is Cher. Winona Ryder is Charlotte, and Christina Ricci is Kate. Kate. But yeah, I've I'm absolutely about... not going to remember that. No, them, keep, so. stick, it, stick anyway. with the actors. It's, it's, yeah. it's easier for people to follow. So, Christina is there wearing a, a black swimming hat. Sure. <laughs> when owner has gone full goth by this point. Of course. Of oh, course. a Which bit I'll, more I'll like, really um, like Beetlejuice. Yeah. Mm. I'm now seeing her in Beetlejuice with the big black yeah. hat and at the, yeah, yeah. But at the age of like 45, surely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, Cher is actually letting her side down on the, on the glamorous scale. What? Um, because uh, she hasn't aged too well. Obviously what? Cher has. Yeah. But uh, Mrs. Flax or whatever, she's not aged so well. So... Cher in a lot of age makeup. Okay. I don't think she'd be willing to do this. I think Cher is only a, only willing to play roles where she is, like, full Cher. Like, she's got a persona that she likes to keep up. But, okay, no, it's your story. So, so what, I mean, what it, talk- it, doesn't, it doesn't play into the plot at all. No, but what are we talking here? How bad has it gotten? Like- well, she's still got the same the same look as she did 20 years ago. Okay. Perhaps it's a bit outdated now, because it's sure. a 20-year-old look. Oh, okay. It's um, a bit mutton dresser's lamb now, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. I don't, I don't know. But, uh... She is still trying to look fabulous. Everybody's trying to look incredible because Bob Hoskins requested that his wake not be a sad moment, more of a celebration of his life. Sure. So I like this. Is It's going to be a big sort of opening scene for the film and it's going to be in quite a positive light despite being awake. Okay. That's why I didn't set it as like a funeral in a church. It's So there's going to be hundreds of people there because everybody loves Bob Hoskins mm-hmm. and that everybody's going to be wearing fantastic shoes. Good, 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 yeah. After a few speeches, including Cher, maybe like a big emotional speech on stage in front of everybody, um, there's going to be a full party, some of the 80s finest music, a bit of a dance section, maybe? Sure. Cher didn't do enough dancing in this film. She did some dance. There was, there was dancing at the end. At the end. That was pretty much it, though. True. I was, I was hoping for more. Yeah, sure. I mean, at a funeral? Awake. Awake, okay, sure. He requested it be a celebration. Okay, fine. Christina, at this point, has now had two children. Okay. Identical twins of about the age eight, maybe. Okay. And uh, all three of them are just as crazy and random as Christina was when she was five. Cool. So they're going to be doing things sort of in the background, which are a bit like, like say, the two twins standing on top of each other while Christina puts a big coat over them and then they go up and just pretend to be an adult. Just little uh, okay, sure. weird, silly jokes like that that just bear no relevance on the plot or anything. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it a boy and a girl? Two boys, two girls? Does it matter? Uh, it doesn't matter. They're identical though. So okay. maybe there's going to be more jokes um, of them pretending to be each other and stuff. Sure. I always wanted an identical twin. You did, yeah. Mm. I think I think one of you is more than enough to. <laughs> Overall, the event is a very positive vibe, and then uh, we get a title card saying three months later. Okay. Winona has a boyfriend who she's been with for only a few weeks, and she's starting to get a bit serious with. She's had many boyfriends over the years, but has never been able to hold a relationship down. So this one is actually going quite well, and she's quite excited about it. One day, she goes to his house to ask if he would like to move in with her. Okay. But instead finds him with another woman. Mm-hmm. And obviously she's completely distraught by this, a complete uh, violation of, of the trust. She runs back to Cher's house. Okay. And they just spend the evening drinking red wine or jug wine <laughs> and just talking shit about men. Sure. Which that could be a bit of fun. No, that sounds fun, yeah. I would like that scene. The topic comes up about uh, Winona's father and also another topic about how Cher is really struggling without Bob Hoskins there. Mm-hmm. So that's where the plot of this film is going to go. So is it going to be trying to find yeah. the search for Winona's dad? Okay, that's yeah. interesting. Oh, okay. okay. 
So it's not just a man to solve all their problems. Like, Don't look at me. John said that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, I did feel that, that was an obvious progression yeah. from this film, because there was a lot of questions about who is her, her father and yeah. stuff. And No, that's justified. That's fine, yeah. Thank you. I just thought it was going to be like, oh, everyone, we're all so lonely, we need more men and all that. But no, that's fine. That's yeah. good. Okay. And so she decides to stay the night, and we then get a Winona dream sequence. Ooh, nice. Which I think could be super crazy. Of course. Because Winona can do crazy quite nicely. So there's going to be all kinds of weird things. For example, like Christina's kids standing really tall over her, standing on each other's shoulders, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Plenty of references to other Winona Ryder parts that she's played. Ooh, okay. Such as? such a stuff from Heather's definitely Stranger Things mm-hmm. what else has she been in that's crazy Beetlejuice yeah yep. I've, not, I've not seen it yeah well, it's on the list okay. but it could be like the Shake Shake Sonora scene like, mm. mm-hmm. in the background we've got Cher singing Sweet Dreams by the Eurythmics yeah oh wow I'd love to hear that yeah <laughs> at different points there's visions slash memories of her, of her father as well okay so in the morning she wakes up with determination and over breakfast she floats the idea that the two of them just get in the car and drive off because they're both at a very delicate stage in their life where they just need to do something. Cher's not really been leaving the house since Bob Hoskins died. Okay. Bear in mind, she's been with him for like 20 years. Sure, sure, sure. And so, yeah, they decided that's, that's, that's what they're going to do. That same morning, they get in the car, briefly drop by Christina's house and say goodbye to her and the kids mm-hmm. and uh, go off on a road trip. Okay. They start going back to all the different places that they used to live. Mm-hmm. Um, just a sort of like a, a journey through different memories. Oh, is this how we're going to figure out how she moved 18 times in 15 years? Are we going to I was thinking to... there's opportunity for that, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somehow. Um, I like that. I was, I, was, I was hoping that Cher's going to bump into lots of old boyfriends yeah. on, on, on the way, Ooh. which could be a great casting opportunity. Yeah. For just Oh, is it going to be a little bit like Mamma Mia, where it's like, I don't, don't actually know which one is your real dad, because I was kind of a bit oh, of a slot back in the day. that's way better. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, that can't happen, because she married him. Oh, she did, you're right. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, actually, actually, yeah, and... When Owen has got like a memory of him as well. True. So okay. Fine. Yeah, it wasn't. Okay. That and the fact that she married him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's on a wedding certificate. Oh, She's Mrs. Flax. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't He's put it past Cher. Mr. Flax. I wouldn't put it past Cher to just like forget a decade. Well, clearly she did. She thought she was thirty in the film. Carry on. Well, I've not really got much from here. That now it's just going to be a journey, like I say, across all the different houses and eventually looking for for Winona's dad. Okay, cool. I would like to end the film where they have met him and there's hints of Cher's going to get back with him. Okay. Maybe that's some significant time later because mm-hmm. you know, three months after her husband dying is a bit much. Sure. But um, yeah, maybe... I was thinking over the credits there could be a montage of just like this is how the next few years go. Mm-hmm. Concluding with like a wedding or something, I don't know. Sure, okay. Um, well, who do you think would play a good, other than Bob Hoskins, God rest his soul? Who do you think would play a good kind of love interest for Cher at this point? Like what actor? I was thinking it's it's very difficult because also they've got to be the right age. Yeah, they've got obviously. So they around. they gave birth to an owner rider Fortman. They didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you understand how sexy they are? But that was forty years ago. Yeah. So they're going to be a significant age, I guess. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Well, at least. 60 or 60 to 70 if not older yeah so mm. I don't know why it's a bit of a curve but I'm thinking Jim Broadbent might be fun you see I was thinking him as yeah. well really yeah wow maybe it's for Cher no actually I know Cher's a bit Bob yeah. Hoskins for Cher I, I feel like Bob thinking Hoskins more is more sexual Benicio, than Jim Broadbent Benicio Del Toro interesting interesting yeah mm. actually it would be funny yeah Johnny Depp 
<laughs> oh, oh, yes, yes. You hit the nail on the hook there, John. <laughs> nail on the hook? Woo. Do you nail on the head? Head? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be really funny, because he used to date Winona Ryder. Nice. Yeah. yeah. But he does look like hell now, and I could much more believe him dating Cher than mm-hmm. dating Winona. Yeah, um, so that's, that's that's pretty much it. That's all, all I've really got okay. there. Nice. I, I like that. that. Yeah, I like that's that That's actually idea. a plausible plot yeah. line. But yeah, I think there should definitely be some, some like, fake-out ex-boyfriend she should run into before. Yeah, that's a good she idea. She arrives at the right one. Well, so Renana Ryder's dad, um, in the photo that she has of him, he's wearing uh, some really good shoes. Mm-hmm. So maybe they bump into a few people who've got really good shoes and Cher's not letting on for some reason. Renana's like, wait, is it him? Yeah. It's him, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. definitely him. And then she just gets crazy obsessed with this man or yeah. something and then it's not him. Yeah. And then the real dad's wearing Crocs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so, so maybe... The one that Winona thinks is her dad is Johnny Depp. Right, sure. But then it turns out it's Jim Broadbent at the end. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. Yeah, I think that's really good. Where there's yeah. real potential there is like a good old, yeah, classic road trip. Cool. Oh, no, I quite like to see those two on a road trip, just spending loads of time together, just yeah, definitely chatting away the whole time. Yeah, that's basically a movie. That's a movie I think most a lot of people would pay to see. Mm. So. Great, love it. Mm-hmm. Lucy, should we move on to you? Okay, I kind of went somewhere else good good, good. <laughs> uh, but so I'm glad you've covered it I like yours probably the best but I'm just gonna, I'm gonna one. go I'm with it two, the two. Oh, sure. oh sorry you like that. I've heard. oh you yeah, that one idea more than the musical <laughs> so um, I had a couple of ideas they're not particularly fully formed but the most one that's most formed is around Kate okay the Christina Ritchie mm-hmm. character who is now fulfilling her dream to become an Olympic swimmer of course she is and as we know from the film, one of her dreams was to uh, swim the English Channel. Yes. So she's now able to fulfil that dream. And in doing that, swimming across the English Channel, she inadvertently swims through this uh, toxic waste that's been dumped by an evil corporate, corporate you know, yeah, horrible environment. Evil corp. Yeah, yeah, just evil corp. I'm, spos- I'm spos- already spotting a lot of your little pet interests in this. Like, <laughs> we've got swimming, we've got environmentalism. Go on. Does she become a vegan at some point, by uh, any chance? Maybe. It, yeah. it, I hadn't really thought about that. <laughs> anyway, so um, she doesn't realise that she's been swimming through this toxic, toxic waste. Uh-huh. But then she starts to, yeah, she starts to notice changes. Oh. Of all the people to turn this into a Marvel movie, I didn't think it was going to be Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> So she starts to get this kind of weird scaling. Oh, okay. Ooh, on her skin. Right. Um, oh, and, I'm and... sold already. This is brilliant. <laughs> I've kind of referenced a couple of um, older movies. So she gets kind of starts to get this scaling on her skin, and she she does actually confide in Winona Charlotte's character, who was like, "We've got to keep this quiet," and um, is kind of helping her read ginger snaps. Have you oh, seen okay. Ginger Snaps, where the girl's turning into the werewolf? Mm-hmm. She gets bitten by a werewolf, and, and her sister's like pulling out the big hairs out of the oh. neck and all this stuff. Anyway, so she's basically turning into a mermaid, mm-hmm. but she's been trying to hide it. And it comes to this day, and she's in the Olympics, right, and okay. she's in the like I'm Olympic Black Swan vibes here as well. Yes, definitely, very much so. Yeah. Oh no, don't ruin it. <laughs> I hate that movie. <laughs> So she's in the, the 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 winning race, you know. She's like I don't know, like a hundred meters butterfly. She was doing butterfly in the beginning of the first. Okay. Okay, and um, she's halfway across the pool, and there's this gasp as this big tail comes out of the water. Oh my god! <laughs> and it's like a slow motion scene where everyone's like that, 
getting up off their seats in the audience kind of thing. Um, and, and a little bit like Teen Wolf. Do you remember in yeah, Teen yeah, Wolf yeah. where they all pile on in the baseball basketball game and then he comes in, he's like a wolf. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. Okay. Um, yeah, basically she, she turns into a mermaid in the middle of the pool mm-hmm. during the Olympics on live TV. <sighs> nice. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going from there, but that's as far as I got. No, I think that's good. I think that'd be an interesting role for Christina Ricci as a player. If you made it like really artistic, like I think take it in a Black Swan direction in yeah. a good way. In a good way, yeah. Because you always see, you do see all the films you see with mermaids. It's the other way around. It's mermaids becoming real women, like you know, mm-hmm. you know getting legs. But yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a mermaid film about a woman becoming a mermaid. Mm. So the reverse, where the legs get stuck together and then become a tail. I think in itself that just as as a as a body horror or as a thriller or as like a thing about femininity or whatever I think that's mm. a really interesting twist on a very well worn trope. So, and Christina Ricci would be so good for that because she does have a real gothic kind of look all the time anyway. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're not it. talking your shell for boobs kind of. No, thing. not that. Well, it's not something like Daryl Hannah. No, no. About, yeah, no, okay. Yeah, I think that's really good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure where you do go with that. Like maybe maybe it culminates with her becoming the man. Yeah, that's all all I can think of because it yeah. it it does kind of sort of rhyme with Black Swan in that way that that kind of culminates in the best ballet that there's ever been mm. is the moment where she turns into a swan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so the best swimming that there's ever been when she uh, presumably wins the race. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, You'd want to think so. <laughs> yeah. She can finally breathe underwater. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, maybe like it's just a complete rip-off of Black Swan. Maybe Cher, she's still living with Cher, and Cher has like become a very like competitive stage mom, kind of a like you know, was like a yeah. coach, and then so she's constantly trying to push her into being a better swimmer and to dedicate her life to it. Mm. And then as she becomes more of a mermaid, she starts fighting with her mom and like rebelling a little bit. And, and yeah, maybe she'll have like a love affair with a fellow swimmer, and then there'll be a weird sex scene where is it Cher? Is it not? Because imagine that scene in Black Swan. You know, where uh, Mila Ooh, Kunis... Sex in the pool. Yeah, where Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis are having sex. And then there's a scene where Mila Kunis is being very rapidly interchanged with Barbara Hershey, who played the mum. Mm-hmm. And then you hear them say, sweet girl. And you can't tell whether it's Mila Kunis or Barbara Hershey. Imagine that, yeah, it's, it's pool sex. Like they're having sex. We're, we're Ooh, but then that, a... that makes me think of um, that awful film. Showgirls. Showgirls, yeah. yeah. Oh, not that kind of pool sex. Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> that's a terrible... Well, to be fair, we had this discussion on another episode recently where... Underwater sex, nice idea, not actually. Nah, doesn't work. Yeah, doesn't yeah, work. Yeah. But it's like the idea of like she's having sex with, I don't know, some beautiful woman, and then it flashes and she just sees like Cher in full Cher, like sweet girl, oh snap her out of it, <laughs> just, like, just, like, just doing the full Cher. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she does that and doesn't slap her face. Maybe she doesn't slap her face. Maybe slaps something else. Oh, okay. Slaps the tits <laughs> out of it. <laughs> Don't stop the microphone, John. Sorry. Don't cheapen my sequel. I'm sorry, we've made it so much <laughs> yeah, worse. Yeah, we really now. have. I'm yeah. sorry, Lucy. I'm sorry. That's a really, really good idea, though. I think that's, there's a lot you can do with that and not just turn into a cheap black swan ripoff. Right? <laughs> uh, has it got a name? Um, no, not really. Um, I don't know. Mermaids 2. This one's actually about mermaids. So I don't know. Catchy, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the tagline. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah. No, I hadn't come up with a title. So, you know, open to suggestions on yeah. that. I think that's a good tagline. This one's actually about mermaids, but uh, the, the, the subtitle might be something like Mermaids to, I don't know, Back in the Water? Or... No, I don't know. That sounds a bit Back in the Habit. That's what I was going for. Yeah, no, no. It's a work in progress. But, yes. Yeah. Mermaids yes. to it's a work in progress. Yes. <laughs> cool. Did you say you got another one? I kind of did, but it was more like an idea, which was kind of like 
it was about the decades. So like obviously the first one set in the 60s and, mm-hmm. and kind of wanted to see the progression of the characters and how they change, but in a 70s vibe with an awesome 70s soundtrack in just... I don't know, it was just an excuse to dress them all up and uh, in 70s gear and then do like one in the 80s as well and okay. do it as a trilogy. Oh, nice, yeah, okay. Oh, so just to follow the characters in different decades so you've got diff- yeah. the different soundtracks and the different music. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good idea. That's what you could really like... You could take it right up to the 90s and have them listen to like club music and stuff. Like, I think that's good, yeah. And it could be like a coming of age for the two girls. And, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe it, I thought maybe it could be like the transforming face of feminism in yeah. different decades and stuff. Definitely, yeah. That kind of thing. No, that's good. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's a very good idea. Because like, <laughs> so, it's very much of its time. Like, it's set in very much in the yeah. 60s. So, yeah, how would... Shares character deal with like the disco era and stuff like yeah yeah and the girls would be going out and partying or even just like remakes but how it was oh so the same film yeah but with just a different soundtrack yeah yeah. that's good we're dealing with different social issues and yeah because it could be like how uh, in Forrest Gump how he like lives through all these weird historical moments like maybe in yeah maybe it's it's, just remake the film and like whatever cool what what interesting things happened in the seventies and how would this trio of fabulous women deal with it and Mm. eighties again and nineties yeah. I like it. That's very good. Yeah, that's that's, cool. uh, that's me done. Okay. <laughs> uh, so my idea actually is very similar to Harry's. It's called Mermaids Two on the Road, mm-hmm. and it is a road trip movie. Because yeah. I did feel I had the same thought. I thought like you know what actually what's a really good kind of movie that I would like to see because the, the pull of this movie is definitely the cast. I was like so yeah. How are we going to watch these characters do something else? So I thought the idea of putting them all in a, much like you put them in all in a car and just set them off on the road. As a kind of a film in Louise meets Priscilla, Queen of the Desert meets um, nice. Trans America, you know all those kind of movies. So yeah, so much like yours, it opens with it's obviously going to have a voiceover from Winona Ryder mm-hmm. to explain the plot, mm-hmm. and the voiceover is going to explain that uh, Bob Hoskins has unfortunately died because you know he, as we mentioned here, obviously the actor is dead, so it yeah. makes sense to kill him off off screen. So it's now the nineties, so it's been like you know thirty odd years or something. Yeah, it's been like 30, 30 years, let's say, so let's say it's 1993, 1994 or something. Yeah. And uh, Mrs. Flax, the share character, uh, she's older, but she's still as uh, rebellious and single-minded as ever. And she decides that now that her she's recently widowed, she calls up her two daughters, who are living in different parts of America, to say that um, she decided she stayed in this one town for too long. She's been in the same town that she moved into at the beginning of Mermaids for like 30 years and that's she misses her life on the road and she doesn't want just want to become this old widow who just fades away and dies because her husband's gone so she's like I'm having one more move and I've decided to move cross country to California so she guilts both the daughters into coming with her on this road trip to kind of help her on this move and as a kind of family reconnection moment and so I'm feeling like the two daughters themselves haven't stayed in touch don't have a very close relationship so Winona Ryder's probably living in New York she's probably like a writer or something kind of very creative and maybe Christina Ricci's somewhere else, a little bit more like suburban, working as like a swimming coach or something. So they both reluctantly agree to their mum's wishes to kind of come back home and help her on this final move that she's going to do, this final cross-country road trip. And I was thinking maybe Winona has a daughter as well. So it's like three generations of women again. Yes, it's a cross-generation of road trip. Because I like the idea of being an all-female movie. I think that's definitely a, one of the things I like about the original is it's very much about kind of female relationships. So I thought, let's keep that going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also thought maybe Winona's daughter could be gay. And maybe we're known we're actually is struggling with that a little bit. It's struggling to accept it, and they don't, they're a bit fraught. And actually, shares super cool with it. It could bring up all this kind of again. The whole thing with the original film is that shares like a cool mom. She's like a very kind of you know she's more the daughter than the mother to, to Winona. So it could bring up all this frustration like Winona's having to be like the the, the bad guy, and she kind of maybe resents Cher because Cher can just be like the cool grandma who accepts everything and spoils like her grandchildren rotten and all that kind of stuff. 
So that could be like a good little plot point for it. Because this this sequel idea I've got, it's not really... It's like the original, it's just lots of little small ideas rather than one like overriding plot. So I thought that could be one plot is that maybe she has got a gay granddaughter that she's really close to and that Winona kind of has to deal with, etc. Then I thought other things you could have is uh, you could have some flashbacks to Cher's own childhood with her own mother. You could see how she kind of grew up. So she could be like on the road telling stories. Like, tell us about grandma, you know, who you never see in the first film. So maybe she's telling stories about her own childhood and then you get flashbacks. So then this leads to the question, two questions. First of all, who would play Cher's mother? Meryl Streep. I was, yeah, that was what I wrote down. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Was that Lucy, are you, I'm getting Mamma Mia, that's all. Well, well yeah, are, yeah, are you aware that Cher's yes, playing Meryl's mother? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. <laughs> it's the obvious choice. Yeah, exactly, just roll reverse. Yeah, so that's great. Uh, and then the other question is who's going to play, like, young Cher? Meryl Streep. Um, <laughs> have you got anyone in mind? I was thinking just Cher. Just Cher. I was thinking she's so aged. It'd be really funny to have Cher playing herself at 20, but still just be Cher. Like, so, if Cher's playing younger Cher, yeah. what's the visual difference going to be between them? I'm thinking older Cher has a grey wig. Sure. Fantastic and massive and everything, but sure. uh, grey. Well, or, just... or maybe with a streak of grey in it yeah. or something. Well, I feel like... Mod- like, like is... yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like Cher, older Cher is just Cher as we know her now. Mm-hmm. But then younger Cher is just Cher in really inappropriate clothing. Like, just, you know. What, like a baggy hoodie with a skateboard? Yeah, and... exactly. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, with a really like a contemporary wig. Like, yeah. <laughs> with like a side... You know when they have like the shaved under the side? Oh, like, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's going to be set in like the 40s or the 50s, so probably not. More like a beehive or something. Okay, I, was like, yeah. I just like the idea of like Cher trying to pull off being 20. I think that'd be mm-hmm. really funny. Yeah, so there's going to be some flashbacks to her own relationship with her own mother. We're going to find out that maybe her mum was very strict disciplinarian, which is why Cher was such a free spirit. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Cher's mother was a free spirit as well, and then Cher became the apple didn't fall far from the tree. But she was, maybe when she was a teenager, she was more like Winona Ryder, and then she grew up and became more like her own mother. I think Meryl Streep, if it was going to be her, could play either of those roles. She could be like a real hippy-dippy mum, or she could be like a very like strict mum. So. Mm-hmm. so yeah, that maybe that happens. Anyway, the whole point of the film is, as the film continues, Cher is going to reveal that the reason she kind of guilt-tripped her two daughters into coming on this trip, and she knows that she's getting older, you know, she's in, you know, in her late 70s or something, and she really wants to know that her two daughters have reconciled and are going to be there for each other before she dies. Yeah. So that's the whole point of it, is that these two sisters who've totally grown apart who don't have a relationship anymore she's like you girls need to you know families families all you've got so you've got to um, <laughs> she really wants them to reconcile and I was thinking maybe the reason that they're not close is because Christina Ricci actually does still hold a lot of resentment over the fact that Winona neglected her that night at the river mm-hmm. because it mentioned at the end of the first film that she had some hearing difficulties still fuzzy hearing yeah, yeah. so maybe her like inner ear problems developed over the years and prevented her from becoming like a championship, a championship swimmer. swimmer yeah exactly so she never really realised her dream and she blames it all on Winona. So maybe as the film goes on, it's those two coming to terms and like making amends and Winona apologises, Christina forgives and you know, obviously at the end they're going to make up. So that's going to happen. And basically, apart from that, all I want from this film is to see all the road movie cliches, all the classic <laughs> cliches. So obviously there's going to be a break, the car's going to break down in the middle of nowhere in the mm-hmm. desert somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's going to be an encounter with a friendly stranger. Maybe Christina Ricci's going to meet a sexy guy at a truck stop. Uh, they're going to go back to the motel and have sex, and then he's going to steal the car from them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and headscarves. They've all got headscarves. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're all going to look like Felman Louise. Yeah. So yeah, some some handsome stranger is going to steal their car and all their money, but of course they're going to track him down and get the car back and just probably blow up something of his. You know, blow up his motorcycle or something. So you know, like Brad Pitt and Felman Louise, where they blow up the whole truck and everything. Just you know, because they have to end up on top. 
there's absolutely 100% going to be a scene in a karaoke bar somewhere. With drag queens. With, maybe with drag queens, yeah. Maybe some, like, provincial gay bar somewhere on the road, I don't know. But the idea is that Cher's going to get up there and belt out a number in, oh. in the way that only Cher can, you know, yeah. It uh, probably should be the Shoop Shoop song. Maybe. Or maybe just... Well, no, it's, this one's going to be set in, like, the 80s or the late 80s, early 90s, so maybe it should be, like... I don't know, what's a song Cher's never covered that you wish you could? Like, we built this city on rock and roll, or Don't Stop Believing. Like, yeah, just, Cher, just about to say that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And then the two daughters are going to be super embarrassed, and they're going to like be trying to pretend they don't know her, but then by the end they're going to get drunk and they're going to join in, there's going to be a lovely like moment, the three of them all together, just like belting it out, and it's going to be mm-hmm. lovely and fun. And ultimately they're going to make it to California, uh, having learned a lot about each other and kind of reconnected. And there'll be an emotional goodbye, you know, there'll be big hugs and, you know, tears and everything. And then they'll, they'll end up recreating the original dance-off scene in, from the original movie in Cher's new kitchen in California. So these three older women just like, yeah, just, you said you wanted more Cher dancing. This one's going to end with like full choreo. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. So that's the end of uh, Mermaids 2 on the road. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Oh, I hope they, I want, I want them all made now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah all those ideas, I think. <laughs> Cool, okay. Any questions? Nope. No. Okay, should we get some listener submissions? Mm-hmm. Great, okay. As ever, we had some quality pun work in this week. Good. So, Phil Catterall had the obvious answer. Uh, Mermaids 2, Mermaider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brian Markowski said, uh, Mermaid to order. <laughs> I don't know what the <laughs> yep. plot of that would be, but uh, yeah. Uh, this is my favourite, because it's so stupid. I think you might like this one too, Harry. Uh, Joe Herman's idea was mermaids in Finity War. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dennis Fanning said mermaids in Manhattan. Yeah, I was just thinking that one. Yeah. Uh, another good pun. Kyle Morton said mermaid of honour. Cher tries to weasel her way into an owner rider's wedding. <laughs> oh, God. Mike Carey said in the most ambitious movie crossover ever, mermaids meets beaches. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Cher and Bette Midler <gasps> in one film. Bette Midler could be Cher's mum. That is good casting. Now, yes, yes, so yes. Going back to your going back to my, yeah, absolutely. Bet Midler as Cher's mom. Yeah, hundred percent. Sold on board. Great. <laughs> Sign up. We should do beaches sometime soon. Anyway, another one from Mike Carey. Mia Maids. M I R Mia Maids. The Flax Sisters, now all grown up, win a contest to visit the Mia space station in the late eighties. <laughs> but an accident happens, preventing their return. Cher, as herself, not their mom, must lead a rescue to save them. Bob Hoskins is in it too because he needs the work. I, I hate to tell you, Mike Carey, but uh, <laughs> Bob Hoskins does not need the work anymore. Oh. Bless him. Uh, Brando Calrissian said, Mermaid No. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Mermaid Nado said, Mermaid Nado. Nice. That's oh, nice. Okay. Right. Yeah. okay. Alex Garcia said, Mars Needs Mermaids. Scott Hillman said, uh, this is a proper sequel pitch. Charlotte and Kate, as in Winona and Christina Ricci, both for different reasons become single mothers in a dying beach town in the 70s. Charlotte, Winona, because her husband left her and her kids with curiously no money, and Kate left her husband to own a good local hotel with a big pool, of course, because she likes to swim. Yes. And as is gradually revealed, a lesbian lover in the back room. So I guess Christina Ricci is a lesbian in this. But they kind of have to reconnect and rekindle their bond as sisters, and now both parents as well. So, mm, not a million miles away from mine, this idea of what no. the daughters did next. So, <laughs> yeah. This isn't a sequel idea, but Daniel Link wrote, I've never heard of this movie before, and I just read the whole plot on summary on Wikipedia, expecting actual mermaids to show up. <laughs> Sadly not. Broad Appeal, at Broad Appeal Pod, said, 20 years later, Winona is a conservative Republican operative in the Regan White House. Winona playing a conservative, I don't like that, but fine. Her cookie, yet still provocative, senior citizen mother Cher shows up in DC, causing scandal and embarrassment. 
Christina Ricci takes time out of her Olympic swimming career to broker peace. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like that. We could share so free spirited when it becomes a, a Republican as kind of a rebellion. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I actually, I've, yeah, I can see that now. I've just thought of another casting for um, um, Cher's mum, Angelica Houston. Ooh! <laughs> now, I think they're more or less the same, same age. age. I, yeah. I think Angelica yeah, Houston is more or a long lost sister. Yes! <laughs> yes, why have Cher and Angelica Houston never played sisters? Oh my god, yes. Okay, that made me very excited. Um, finally, Blokebusters Podcast said they've not seen this movie, but based on the picture that I shared on Twitter alone, Mermaids 2. Oh, I, sh- I shared a picture of the three of them in a bathtub together. Yeah. That classic. Yes, lovely. Yeah. Based on the picture, Mermaids 2 Bloodbath, a horror film where Cher murders anyone who says she's not a real mermaid. <laughs> Wow. Okay. I'd like to see Cher in a horror movie as they, the killer. They, they, they missed the mark of this film. They did entirely miss the point of this film. But yeah. Cher is a killer? Yes. Yeah. Sold. Okay, and those are our listener submissions for this week. So, Harry, what's happening next week? Next week, we are doing a little crossover with another mm-hmm. podcast called Flix Watcher. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to do the film Three Kings, yes. starring Ice Cube. And Mark Wahlberg. And Mark Wahlberg, and George Clooney, and... Yeah, but other- Mark Wahlberg oh. is also a musician. Really? Singer. Yeah, he was, he was Marky Mark in the Funky Bunch. Oh, you're too young, aren't you? Yeah. Is that what people call him, Marky Mark? Yes. yes. Ah. Yeah. And the Funky Bunch. Yeah. Who were the Funky Bunch? That was his band. The lesser no, no, I got that. But were they, were they anyone? I have no idea. Donnie Wahlberg, maybe? Was he in it? Oh, I don't know. No, no, I don't think so. I no. think, um, I don't really... They might not have been a real band. thing to yeah. look up. I don't know. Yeah. His backing dancers, maybe. Mm. But anyway, yes, so we're going to be joined with Flix Watcher to do the movie Three Kings, starring not one but two musicians turned actors. And yeah, it should be interesting. So join us then. Join us next week for uh, Three Kings. Yeah, and we're actually going to be appearing on their show as well, doing a couple episodes. Yes, so stay tuned for details of that. Yeah, not sure when that's coming out there. We'll find out. We've got a London trip ahead of us. It's going to be a lot of podcasting to do. It's going to be fun. Yeah, can't wait to go to London. You're not a fan of London? It's too big and I know, busy. I don't like London. No, either. I agree with you. I'm not a big London fan. Yeah. Let's just all hate on London, Sorry, yeah, yeah. London <laughs> We love you, really. Fuck you, London. <laughs> I mean, to be on the box that listeners that live in London... We love you, They're yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Everybody else... Can suck it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay, so... Um, bye, guys. Is that all? Oh, oh sorry. The thank- whole outro? <laughs> sorry, yeah, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> wow. No, 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 sorry. Right. So thank you, Lucy, for joining us this week. That's quite all right. With a second, uh, a second amazing mermaid-related movie. Uh, if people are interested in you and what you do, what, how can they find you... Um, they can go to my website, yorkshirelifeaquatic.co.uk, and check us out. What, what do you actually do, though? Oh, um, well, I'm mermaid, obviously. Um, we she do... mermaids, therefore she is. <laughs> we do dry land synchronised swimming. We do water-based synchronised swimming. We go around festivals. We have beautiful mermaid tails. Um, you can hire me. I'll come swim in your pool. Yeah. If, in fact, if you've got a pool, I'd quite like to swim in it. Yeah. So there you go. Available for parties. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, yeah. Well, thanks. I'm sure we'll see you again for another underwater mermaid-related movie oh, at some point in the future. This time next year, me. splash. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, killer mermaids. Next. Killer. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> so, if you have any sequel ideas for mermaids or any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Acast, Spotify, Google Play, Alexa. I think. You name it, we're on it. Is that a podcast platform? Really? Well, you can... I think if you ask Alexa for Beyond the Box set, we show up. Really? I think so, yeah. yeah. Try it. Tell us what comes out. You Wait. can also find us on social media. I signed us up for Alexa. 
Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. I just wonder if we can, uh, by saying the word Alexa, if we can set off people's devices around the yeah. world. Alexa, leave five stars for Beyond the Box Head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can also find us on social media, on Facebook and Twitter. Just search at Beyond the Box Set on Twitter or just search Beyond the Box Set on Facebook or Instagram for that matter. As Harry mentioned earlier, we, we're also on Patreon. So if you would like to give us a little bit of financial support, just go to patreon.com slash beyondtheboxset to find access to all of our fabulous bonus content. We also have merchandise available on tpublic.com. Again, just search Beyond the Box Set. We are now officially a Guardian Podcast of the Week. That's a new thing that happened. So, uh, yeah, that's exciting. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. We're hitting it big time. We are, yeah. And, yeah, just thank you for listening. Keep tuning in. Let us know if there's any films you'd like to hear us do, and etc. And... uh, Join in next week Join for in next Free week. Kings. Join next week for Free Kings with Flix Watcher. Yeah, so until then, goodbye, Lucy. Bye. Goodbye, Harry. Bye. Yeah, I know, it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's, it's always weird when we have to say goodbye to each other. And goodbye for me. So, bye. 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 bye.